Folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight, some night we die. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned yourself into another episode of the Music, the Lifeblood podcast. I am your very humble host, Dustin. Join with me, as always, the bowl cut to my leather jacket, Big Jake. They had suspiciously, they had some Bruce Dickinson hair. <laughs> Suspiciously. Big Jake, what are we talking about? Today we are talking about the Ramones, specifically Rocket to Russia and the subsequent live album? Tour de Force. Tour de Force. (laughs) Video, DVD. There you go. There you go. Originally released as a double album. Yeah. It's a live. And now they have all the videos online. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a Ramones episode. It is. We've yet to do one of these. We've not. There, this year, this year has been just, I've been you fucking. You've just been doing shit you've wanted to I've do been, or forgot about. I've been fed up and I'm like, you know what? I'm sick as Big Jake shit. <laughs> we're going to do some, <laughs> we're going to do some albums and some bands that are the most important to me. That's fine, man. So, booyah, here it comes. Here we are. It's the Ramones Rocket to Russia episode. Before we jump into it, just real quick, hot, yes. ta- hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, this is your first deep dive. Deep dive, yes. Deep dive I mean, I've, into I've, the remote. You know, you, you, you skate the surface with Blitzkrieg Bop and things like that. <laughs> but as yeah. far as like going in and looking at who they are as people, right? other than just stories from, I've heard off and on from you, it's like, oh, there's so much more fucked up <laughs> than I thought. Because <laughs> like... <laughs> We'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, to, well, just okay. Your tell tell everybody your revelation from my, from earlier yeah, today. My revelation is that uh, the Ramones are just the Beach Boys in leather jackets. <laughs> like, and I'm. It is similar in places. I'm with you. Yeah, it's on that. Uh, the, yeah, Rockaway Beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right here. Like I didn't have to even yeah. look. I didn't have to look that hard. Like yeah, it was right there on the surface for me. It's such the one of the things that I really, really enjoy about the Ramones is they are so uniquely American. They are. They are yeah. so fucking utterly American. It's imagine if you distilled the essence of hamburgers, hot dogs, Coca Cola, heroin. <laughs> Why you know, heroin? Garbage on a New York street, you know, dirty druggies hanging out in the Bowery of New York City. Just distill that all down into music and this, the, it's get, what it is. It's pretty similar. You get, you get the Ramones. Yeah. I, it's really neat. That I've been talking about this off and on lately with just the people that have been around me. I'm sure yeah, they're yeah. tired of me assaulting <laughs> their senses. But when it, when it comes to the Ramones, one of the things that has long fascinated me is that they are... They are both sides of the coin, all all at once, so to speak, Go because on. of Joey's ardent 
liberalism and yeah. Johnny's just unwavering conservatism. Mm. And uh, you have this sort of clash yeah. where you have, you kind of have DD and, and Joey. he's just really doing the drugs is all he's, <laughs> well, D, yeah. he, all he really yeah. cares about is just yeah. drugs. Yes. <laughs> More of them. I do not care about your political stance. Do you have drugs? I'll do all the drugs in the immediate vicinity. <laughs> Give them to me. I will ingest them. <laughs> You have Dee Dee and Johnny on one side, these yeah. sort of uh, blooming flower of artisticness yeah. that they are, and then Johnny on the other side, the hammer-fisted taskmaster of the band that just sort of embodies conservative yeah. uh, trait conservatism when it comes to his personality yeah. and how he manifests in the world. So I think the Ramones have always been fascinating to me, just mm -hmm. absolutely fascinating, not only because it's amazing music, but all of the, the politics, the personal, the interpersonal relationships that come along with the band, yeah, all kinds of stuff. It is a, and they squeezed into 22 years, a never ending fountain of just, he did what? Yeah, you know, just that yeah. over and over and over and over. And, and it's over so again. it's their antics are so not what you'd anticipate based on their very bubblegum pop punk mm -hmm. at time. Like lyrical content sometimes is like, oh, hey, I'm gonna kill that girl. Hey, he gonna kill, yeah, that? He's it's gonna like, kill that girl. It's like, oh, that's ooh. But then like, Rockaway Beach. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's a the interesting thing whether it's whether it's I in my opinion mm -hmm. I'm not saying all I'm not saying Joey Ramone's writing is awful it is not yeah but I do think as it relates to the Ramones catalog Dee Dee tends to be the most compelling songwriter yeah out of the bunch uh, and we can talk about that yeah you know for sure. who did what who wrote what that sort of thing but. Didi's an interesting guy because there is a pronounced dark side yeah. that comes through in an artistic sense when it comes to Didi. So uh, we're going to talk about all the, you know, drug connections, girlfriend connections, prostitution, prostitution, Nazi connections. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, there's a couple of them. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of them. Um, you got to understand, Didi was born in Berlin. And that's going to come up at several points later on oh. in the catalog. So, oh, yeah, I didn't it's interesting. I'm not saying Dee's a Nazi. Yeah. That's not yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. But uh, Dee Dee was definitely fascinated with the that, culture. With, yeah. with World War II, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting yeah. stuff. So, anyway, uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, Music of the Lightblood wants to let you know that we do, in fact, have a Patreon. We do. We will take your money. Yes. Increments as small as $1, as much as $500. Goodies abound. Goodies abound. To coincide with your donations and the giving of shekels to us. As the simoleons come up. As do the gifts. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Quality and quantity. You get what you pay for, man. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> On top of that, too, Music the Lifeblood also has our YouTube extension of the Music the Lifeblood compound, mm -hmm. so to speak. I host Vinyl Thursday, a somewhat regular YouTube series where I talk about my record collection, interviews, album reviews, etc., etc., etc. And don't forget to check out Vinyl Thursday's sister show, Music the Lifeblood's Conversations from the Pit, co-hosted by myself and Music the Lifeblood's own third man in the field, Mr. John Carter. That all said, 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, the Ramones. We're chewing out rhythm on our bubble gum. <laughs> What? Fucko. Yeah, you. Who are you? Do you listen to Music the Lifeblood on SoundCloud? Because you should. Because I might be touching myself right now. Gross. And you should also like, comment, and subscribe. What are you doing? Ah, Don't come in! Big Jake. Yes? Did you have a favorite song off of The Rocket to Russia? I think it's Teenage Lobotomy. Oh. The the beat in the beginning was not what I expected. There's some extra snare hits in there too. Because I mean, I wish every song's been the same beat. Sure. And I was like, oh, it's oh, it's different. Oh, I like that. That's, di- that's different. <laughs> this is Tommy. Yeah. Changing it yeah. up, mixing he's, it up. He said, "Whoa, we're getting proggy." There's <laughs> a snare on three, and then the and of three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's I like Teenage Lobotomy. That was kind of like a that's a mainstay yeah, in the yeah. live show. Yeah. Like I can't I mean I'd have to go through like setlist.com and look at every tour, but that yeah. song is pretty, always around. Pretty pretty consistently yeah. played all the way to the end. I of can the tell career. you the songs I really don't like. Oh. Why would you? <laughs> I'm just saying there's there's some of those on here too that were that were noted in the notes. What one did you not like? I really didn't like Here Today, Gone Tomorrow. You mother. That is some sad shit. Fucker. I don't, it didn't, it didn't sound like punk. <sighs> What's another one? You know, Here We're Today, Gone Tomorrow. Family's here- also kind of sad in a real depressing <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it's like, mm. Yeah, Here Today, Gone Tomorrow is kind of like a, to me, it's kind of like a quintessential Joey song. Yeah. Because Joey has this, he has this sort of longing for love, and you could tell that was something that was a big deal to him. Yeah. Because it, it's everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere in his, his creative output. It's really, really interesting. You go even like all the way to the end of the catalog on an album like Adios Amigos, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a, CJ has quite a few songs he sings on there. Um, but some of the stuff that Joey wrote for the album, I think, um, I'm not going to be able to think of it, I'm not, but the, if you go all the way to the back end of the catalog, <laughs> that's something that's still around still looking with for Joey, it. that sort of, I don't necessarily want to call it a ballad. Yeah. It's you know not, what I mean? They're not ballads, but, but it's definitely, it's like a Ramones ballad. It has a high emotional quota, you know, that's I not think, just. She, I think she talks to Rainbows on Adios Amigos would kind of be, I think that's a Joey song. I have to look it up, but I don't want to do it right yeah. now. But she talks to Rainbows or Here Today, Gone Tomorrow. Same yeah. sort of like, it hits the same sort of note Yeah, in that it's almost like I I wish this could be. Yeah, I get you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's, she talks to Rainbows, she talks to Trees, she don't talk to me. You know, you know, that sort of thing. So it's the same sort of like, like I said, it's the same sort of note that here today gone tomorrow is. But yeah, that's, that's the interesting thing about the Ramones. And that's one of the things that I was, I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Because I knew that you would probably have, it would be interesting for you because I think at a glance, most people associate the Ramones with this just sort of like upbeat sort of yeah, good, good yeah. time sort of punk rock stuff. But 
there's some, there's some dark, there's sad, some dark, sh- dark yeah. shit in yeah. the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, I think you know it's it's interesting when you look at an album like Rocket to Russia because <clears throat> to me of the original era of the band, yeah, this is they were all hope, all hope was put into Rocket to Russia. Yeah, yeah. And well, the, I mean, this was their this is kind of their in terms of like financial gain this was kind of their biggest album they had them they were given the most money to make this album i I don't know about i don't know about monetary wise but Mm -hmm. i think the first album it was like something in between six and seven thousand dollars they did it um leave home was somewhere around 10 grand yeah so do the math i can't i mean mean, that that blows my mind grand or something because like spending that much money on an album when you're nobody's blows my mind the most i've ever spent well recording is like 900 bucks yeah well you have to understand what was going on at new york around that time yeah so the peers of the ramones are the new york dolls Mm -hmm. kiss Mm -hmm. television patty smith Mm -hmm. and television uh and you could probably lump blondie in there yeah the very the front end new york was blowing up yeah new york was really really happening and it was the scene was sort of uh congealing and forming around what was going on at cbgb yeah and ramones had something really really happening in new york yeah they were really making some waves in that scene and generally at that at that point in the record industry if you could become uh known in a major metropolitan area mm-hmm. then you have potential to go regional to spread yeah. you go regional you go national you go national you go global and that's that's i wish exact- it still worked that way it, i mean it doesn't it, it is what yeah. it is and it's because of the old label system yeah. where the label could go okay we'll sign them we're gonna we're gonna this is how much we think we could dump into you so and when this you have is their area yeah when you yeah. have a guy like seymour stein get involved who have up to that point had a pretty good resume yeah seymour stein goes okay we can develop this band yeah and that's the key word develop. we can develop them we can and turn the, them into something more and a lot of bands you get to that third fourth fifth album and things begin to pop at that point yeah because you did have a true true to the term you know when you when you discuss a term like mainstream versus underground yeah the underground like like a garden you know carrots grow underground yeah and eventually they come out they come out you know and they're amazing when they come out so same sort of thing you know when you talk about an album like rocket to russia it's really sort of the culmination of that incubation period that a band has on its for its freshman and sophomore album and you can look at they they leaps and bounds covered a bunch of territory between the time that the first album was released. And when you listen to the first album, you can tell that's a new band. Yeah, that's these are rookies. They're yeah. still figuring shit out from a songwriting standpoint, from a production standpoint, and even from a performance standpoint. You can yeah. say that you look at that first footage of them at CBGB and they're fucking arguing with each other on stage. <laughs> That's so rough. You know, we're like, I want to play this song. Uh, which one do you want? I want to do this one. Ah, that's two against one. You know, like, and they're like, we're doing it. You know, like, oh my the, God. They have that in front of a crowd. You know, it, make a set list, guys. Holy I, shit. I mean, they didn't, they were still figuring stuff out. <sighs> I guess I just don't think about that being a thing I didn't know at some point. Right. Like, 
I don't know. Maybe I had good mentors when I was like sure. 13, 14 who were like, don't go on stage without a fucking set list, right. you idiot. But like, I guess I don't think about those things. Well, that's part of the, that's part. You know how when we talked about Gigi Allen? I do. In that, I do remember that. Like the legacy of Gigi Allen is mm-hmm. much, much different than the actual Gigi Allen. Yeah. Right. The Ramones legacy is much grander than its individual piece. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, when you have something like, I literally watched them be in an argument on stage at CBGB. Yeah. Fast forward 40 years and that becomes, there was conflict and they, they, <laughs> they, they, they forged great songwriting out of that inner band conflict, that sort of thing. So yeah. you can see where things start and where they end up. Oh, yeah. That's what's interesting about the Ramones. I, you know, I was really, really looking forward to doing this, this episode because I could, it's one of the bands where I've absorbed so much so shit. So much, yeah. To where and I, I can, know so little. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, that's, that's part of, you know. Whenever we do a punk uh, episode, I'm just like. Bleh. Well, that's, that's kind of, <laughs> I, in my opinion, for Music the Lightblood, that's sort of what we've established the dynamic as where yeah, it's yeah. a, it'll be a learning opportunity yeah. for you. Yeah. And I and, represent the audience. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and an opportunity for me to hash out ideas that I've had that I may not have otherwise been able to hash yeah, out. So. Yeah. That's that's why I enjoy these episodes so gotcha. much. We did the Black Flag episode a while back. That was, that one was fun. I liked anyway. that. That was good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Rocket to Russia. They released this in November 1977. And that's so long ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it it's just weird how yeah. they never had worldwide success by any means while they were active. Right. It's one of those define worldwide success. They weren't they weren't being paid to tour to Japan and play a whole bunch of crazy huge shows in Japan. Like they weren't going to Europe and selling out stadiums. Like when you see mm. someone wearing a Queen shirt, you go, "Yeah, that makes sense." Right. Sell out Wembley and shit. But then like you see someone wearing a Ramones shirt and it's like, "You guys just played CBGBs like a lot." <laughs> like <laughs> well they got as as they got further into their career, they stayed at kind of one level. Yeah. The the entire career and that was bigger theaters mm-hmm. and halls. Yeah. Uh they they didn't do the if they were to play a stadium, <clears throat> it was usually a festival show yeah. where there's a bunch of other bands on it's the just, bill, that sort of thing. It's kind of like the Misfits. Where like the legend just grew and grew and grew, even after yeah, they, yeah, even after yeah. they weren't a band anymore. Yeah. To the fact where the band is gone now and is bigger now than they probably ever were when they were together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I know people who don't listen to punk at all who own Ramones T-shirts. Yeah, because like because as we often point out, specifically with this band, this has become Americana. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. Yeah, it's the. Yeah, there's something to be said to that. They stayed, like I said, they stayed kind of at one level. They stayed, they stayed na- a national act. I would say a small national. Oh, act. They were huge. They were. I wouldn't say that. I'd, I'd say a large regional act. <laughs> that seems not enough. No, because they were able to tour and yeah, they, they yeah. made a very good living. Oh, because I was. Whenever we we discussed this recently in the past, briefly. You were like they lived in a van and they had no money and well they stayed in hotels but yeah. they toured in a van hmm. they toured in a van with the the sh- the equipment the trailer yeah. yeah a big old fucking thing to haul the equipment that sort of thing the the thing about that though is that they didn't necessarily have to stay in a van 
they yeah. could have afforded a big old fancy bus. Oh. They could have bought they could have bought that bus a couple times over probably. Yeah. But Johnny ran things in a way that would ensure that everyone would get paid mm-hmm. and that everyone could sustain themselves. Some people like to keep it underground. Yeah. They like do they yeah. like that feeling of yeah. of struggle. Yeah. Kind of Johnny yeah. Johnny, like I said at the top of the show, <laughs> Taskmaster is the best way I can think to describe yeah. him. Just a relentless strict rigid taskmaster mm-hmm. yeah and johnny had a lot to say with the band's finances and things like that so yeah. he he really controlled things in a way that it wouldn't put them in jeopardy yeah because you see that with a lot of bands where they get a little bit of success they get that taste yeah and then they just run wild yep. and it's well now yep. you're out next album didn't yeah sell never and... never happened never happened yeah. with them the the interesting thing about him too is that the further you get into their career, like if you look at interviews starting in the early 80s, yeah. you can already see the resentment building internally, especially with Joey and Johnny yeah, regarding the lack of commercial, quote unquote, success. Yeah. How I'd f- imagine it's very frustrating. Yes, it was yeah. frustrating because you look at everybody else around them. Yeah. Went supernova. Yep. Talking heads. Kiss. Kiss. The New York Dolls didn't. I mean, the New York Dolls were fucking dead in the water by like 77, 78, whatever it was. Um, But a lot of their peers just took off. I think a lot of it, too, because we're talking about stuff around Rocket the Russian, not actually the album yet. But I feel like it's good. It's good for context. We'll get there. But what comes up a lot of the time is I've heard I've read Joey or Johnny at some point talking about how they felt like the sex pistols really uh yeah sort stole of, their sold their light their limelight a little well bit. that that too but they yeah. also turned the direction of the way people were feeling about punk. the genre they quote, made uh, punk quote, dirty quote. yeah yeah they did and when you have steve jones fucking hammered on the bill grundy show in front of all of england live yeah. on television just cussing would have fucking rot you you dirty fucker. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. saying that kind of bullshit, and then the next day, the headline is the <laughs> filthy lucre, sex pistols on on all of the newspapers. Yeah, and that's yeah. going to spread to the rest of the world. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have people out in Los Angeles who are deciding to spit on the bands, and punk rock turns into uh california hardcore los angeles hardcore punk rock that sort of thing and it really takes a turn in the direction that the ramones even in their original the inception of the band did not want anything to do with that yeah nothing the the ramones the ramones though from a musical standpoint they didn't fit in with the glitter and the glam bands absolutely not however the the idea behind cultivating an image Oh, and, solid. And a brand yeah. like the Glitter and Glam bands did. The Ramones were all over that. Yep. Punk rock was created in New York City. Mm-hmm. And dare I say, the UK co-opted it. Mm-hmm. How, how about this? The UK culturally appropriated it. <laughs> <laughs> as, as bullshit as slinging the term cultural appropriation around is. I'm making but a, if you're going to use it, use it, it for this. Yeah, but yeah. if you're going to use it, you know what I mean? If you're going to be dumb enough to sink your teeth into that kind of shit. But dare I say, the UK culturally appropriated what the Ramones were doing yeah. and turned it into a fashion show 
and more about people acting out because of the the class. So it, to be fair, shit in England yeah, was and that, rough. And that's what, at I, was, that that's point, what I was saying. Yeah. They sort of co-opted it and turned it into a fashion show that was a commentary on how disenfranchised yeah. that class of people were feeling at that time. And you know when the when the when the trash isn't being picked up, and you feel like Margaret Thatcher's running you into the ground, it you is got what, mountains of yeah, trash. Yeah, it, 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 it is what it is. But at the same time, too, you look at the perception of punk rock the world over. Yeah, and people began to associate it with the Sex Pistols. I mean, I understand. Had, had yeah. it stayed, had it stayed with bands like uh, the Ramones, I think we would have a a un, a a very different version of what yeah. we would call punk rock today. Well, I mean, we're still, I mean, the metal community is still suffering from the Norwegian church burnings. Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. it's still oh, good. Good example. The stigma yeah. is still very much around. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Really, really good example, actually. Yeah. Good touchdown. But I, you know, I, I feel, I feel the frustration. Yeah. You know, when you listen to those interviews with, with them in the early eighties, how just fucking irritated they were about, yeah. Nothing paid off. Yep. And that's why I wanted to talk about this era of the band Rocket to Russian. It's alive because to me that this is the zenith. That this is this is the zenith for the band because after this it starts to peter out. Yeah. You know, even on you know, even even on an album like Road to Ruin, Tommy left the band by that point. Yeah. Marky's in the band playing. Those they're good songs on that album for mm-hmm. sure. However, it's not Rocket to Russia. Yeah. And everything that came after that wasn't Rocket to Russia, too, whether it's End of the Century or fucking Pleasant Dreams or you go all the way into Subterranean Jungle, the bullshit sort of crap that came out in the 80s. There's good songs in there, but those are by no means good albums. Yeah. And you don't get you don't get a really revitalized and fresh feeling Ramones all the way until you get to Brain Drain. Yeah. When CJ joins the band. Yeah. And yet the youngins come in. Right. Yeah. Right. Dee Dee was, I mean, he's credited on the album, but he didn't do much yeah. on it. So that's the interesting thing about the Ramones because commercial success and mainstream viability eluded them. Yeah. All the way, almost to the end of their career. But what was really unique about what went on with them towards the back end of their career is that CJ comes in, it begins to feel fresh again. Yeah. They release Brain Drain, they release Mondo Bizarro, they do the Acid Eaters cover album, then they release Adios Amigos. They were really being embraced by the the sort of punk rock renaissance that was happening yeah. in the mid-90s. So bands like Green Day, Rancid, No Effects, you know, all those California bands like No Use for a Name and Lack Well, it's Wagon like it's, the, like, it's like one of your idols still being around. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on a much grander scale. It's kind of the way Metallica is turning into. Sure. Because they had a lull there for mm-hmm. a while when no sure. one wanted to deal with them. Yep. And now they're, they're turning it around and yep. people are starting to embrace them again. Yep. Yeah. Eventually, you, you, if you can make it through the middle period. Yep generally the the golden years pay off yeah so that's i mean it's we see that example across all of heavy music or aggressive music cannibal corpse is a great example of that yeah they're 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 doing stuff now yeah yeah. Yeah. cannibal corpse they they're in good shape yeah and they could probably quit today and go like okay i got a house and yeah cars are paid for them yeah i'm good to go so anyway 
Mm-hmm. We talk about just. I feel like it's good to get the context of the for entire sure, the sure. entire career of the band. But anyway, Rocket the Russia. Yes, November fourth, nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, November fourth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Why? Isn't that when we elect the president? Mm, I don't know. Am I wrong? I. Uh, it's in November. Sure, I know that, but there probably wasn't an election that year, right? So I would. You were. You were asking the wrong person, sir. Carter, Jimmy Carter. Where's Carter? Where, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's November 11th. Uh, ah, I, you want I, to fact check it? I, no. No, we don't. I, okay. I stay right. I stay arm's length from politics at all times. <laughs> I pay attention just because I think Man, it's, it's I can't. I can't deal right now. Just, <laughs> just keep it over uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> just keep all your shit yeah in that corner please <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> yeah the burn the burnout is real yeah like it all sucks <laughs> just full 360 of suck <laughs> but just oh man i am so sick of hearing about it yeah 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 anyway you gotta keep it beating for all the hopping cretins yep Cre- cretin hop yeah, yeah. What a good lyric. It too. is. There's no stopping the Cretans from hopping. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the, the all band co writes. That's also my first note. This is the first song. My first note is that's a lot of hi hat. <laughs> every song. <laughs> that right hand of his has to be just just like Oh yeah, he's got yeah. like like four arms of steel. Yeah, the right arm is just like Schwarzenegger and the left arm's like <laughs> I don't like Dana Carvey. I don't know. <laughs> piece of spaghetti. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So should should we do a track by track? I mean, if you wanna, or do you want to keep it to just let's just general, keep it loose this time. I'm not discussion. feeling the track. Yeah, I'm not okay. feeling the track. I didn't want to do one either. Good, so, good, 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 good. I, you know, I always go back. I played in a band for a little while that uh, was really Ramonesy. Yeah, um, and that was probably the most enjoyable band I've ever played in. Really. And we covered Rockaway Beach from time to time. Good. And that was a lot of fun. I bet. Yeah. Was it, it's an interesting song because do you, the difference between Joey and Dee Dee songwriting-wise yeah. is so <clears throat> fucking interesting. Dee Dee is a much more developed songwriter mm-hmm. than what Joey was. However, Joey has this sort of endearing quality that makes you go, oh. Yeah, like... I'm assuming all of the upbeat, happy songs are Joey songs, generally speaking. Nope. Other way around? Yep. Sad ones. But Dee Dee's the one with all the problems, though. <laughs> you don't know Joey, then. <laughs> oh, Joey also has a lot of problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so okay. what, what do you know? What do you don't know? I know Dee Dee had all the drugs. <laughs> Just all, He had all are of them. Are there drugs? Dee Dee has them? Okay. All yeah, right. no, that's where good, they should good. be. That's, keep them there. <laughs> the drugs are with Dee Dee. Good. Yeah, good. and then good was was Joey the one with the prostitution? Then no, it was Dee Dee. Okay, see that's that's the one <laughs> that I'm like, oh, you're in fucking deep. Yeah, yeah. Joey had a debilitating obsessive compulsive disorder. Really? Yes. That seems less serious than incredible drug addiction and prostitution. No. No, as serious. Really? Yes, as serious. Oh wow! The to where he like can't function. Serious. He, he, he would ritualize <clears throat> a lot. I wonder if that's why their stage show was so rigid. Um, no, not necessarily, because Joey was, you know, Joey knew that he was sort of the 
tended to be the highlight yeah. of the live show. You know, the interesting, you know, you have Johnny and Dee Dee who are real similar. Yeah. yeah. You know, skinny, bowl cut, yeah, little. Just two Bruce Dickinsons on each fellas. side. Fellas, yeah. 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 And then you have Joey who's <laughs> real tall. Bigger than me. You know, yeah, like he's, he's real tall. You know, eight feet tall, whatever it is. You know, and Dee Dee and Johnny would be there just playing. And Dee Dee would bop around a little bit. And Johnny yeah. occasionally too. But, you know, Joey would be had that one leg out. That one leg at the power know, stance. Back at yeah. the microphone. And when Joey would move that leg, like people would just like, ah, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, they, they, like, they would get so much mileage out of Joey. Not just a leg moving. Out of Joey just sort of pivoting wiggling yeah you're like oh he moved you know <laughs> it's, it's i mean amazing. if you don't move much then you move i mean you're the like, oh shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but no joe joey's um you know joey had obsessive compulsive disorder um bad yeah it was it was bad to where you know i i interviewed cj Mm-hmm. a couple years ago so yeah. you can flip back in the queue go check out that episode um and we talked a little bit about um joey having to deal with that and and it was it was insightful but cj was also in the band far later so is it still an issue when mm-hmm. he joined the band mm-hmm. yep. all right yep yep yeah to where to the point where joey didn't touch a door handle right and he gotta get it right yeah and sometimes it would take a while a while you know yeah. for him to be able to do it so that on top of joey was very sickly he looks very as, sickly as a as a child, and yeah. I think that kind of carried over. He looks into very sickly. Adulthood. He always does. I I think I you know I wonder I wonder if he might have had some sort of autoimmune thing. He looks like you know he looks like he doesn't feel good all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Towards the end of his life, he got um he started feeling better. I remember him. I think it's in Monty Melnick's book. Uh, Monty Melnick was their tour manager um, mm-hmm. the on the road with the Ramones. I think mm-hmm. that's what the book's called. But anyway, I was flipping through it earlier. Um, where Joe, as Joey got older, like he started figuring out, you know, like he really liked smoothies, you know, yeah. because the smoothies, it would, he, he could, he, he, it quit, it, he wouldn't be hungry, yeah, but it wouldn't be so heavy that he was like on stage, yeah. you know, like I just ate five pounds of sloppy Joe and now I got to sing. Man, know, that's the worst feeling. Eating too much. Eating before. or drinking too much before a show is <laughs> just the worst yeah, I never feeling. did it. I, never I got did it. really, 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 really sick. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get hot. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I, we were in Wisconsin and I did not think anything about it. Right. But, Riding in the van for super long, stomach got upset, popped that Dramamine, make my tummy feel better, oh. got to the venue, <laughs> you guys want beers? We'll drink some beers. Let's have some beers. <laughs> I don't know if you know what beer and Dramamine does to oh, a person. I'm, sh- I'm sure. It's yeah. a bad time. <laughs> so, like, I, there were, it was the first time we met the guys in Fister, and they just kept coming up to the guys and being like is your bass player okay because i'm just like <laughs> laid on the couch and i'm not i'm saying things that don't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> and i can't keep my eyes open so before i went on stage right. i literally bought five red bulls right and just all at once just five red bulls boom 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 gargle, gargle, blah, and blah, 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 blah. got on stage and got real sick yeah I'm really nice. really sick put a bunch of shit inside you that you didn't yeah inside it you was bad it was a bad I time i think it's funny when you, you eat a lot and then you're hot 
I think your body goes, is that what's making me hot? I Should I get... get yeah, we're going to get rid of it. We're going to get rid of it. There was a kid one time at a house show, and this was like a... Well, they thought they were technical death metal, but they were just death metal. <laughs> and they had... Uh, yeah. They had an accordion player, of all things. <laughs> yeah. And, and this was in a house show. Sweet. And you can see the windows are just fog because it's so hot inside and it's winter outside. This kid's outside drinking milk (laughs) before he goes in that room to play. I said, listen, buddy, you should stop. He's like, I always drink milk before shows. And I'm like, this is not a normal show. It's like 130 in there. I'll be fine. All over everywhere. That's awesome. Fucking noobs. Yeah. That was... That's the thing about the Ramones. Like, if you felt bad, sorry about your luck. You got to fight through. You got to do the show. Man, playing when you're Johnny, sick is John, Johnny's not going to let it happen. Johnny, you fucking put your guitar on. <laughs> you can have a bucket on stage to puke into. Get on the goddamn but stage. But you play. And if you miss that count in, I'm going to hit you in the face. Have you seen the, the video of the Winds of Plague drummer? Uh, just, <laughs> just blast him. And he just leans over and fucking pukes everywhere <laughs> and never misses a bee. And then a roadie yeah. comes over and like puts a bucket next to him. <laughs> and he just like nods his head and he's like, thanks. <laughs> and just keeps puking. The, like, the last two yeah. songs. Good for him. It's like, damn. Yeah. Work for that money, man. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, uh, I don't like being hot. Nope. And I don't like I don't like having heavy food in my stomach. Outdoor shows are the worst. Yeah, no when you're especially when you're big. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Can I play nude? Is that, is that okay? Because <laughs> it's hot. Can you just <laughs> spray me with a hose while I play? <laughs> All right, the remote. So don't Cut off on a tangent. Don't look at me. It's making me hot. <laughs> don't yeah. don't don't touch me. Don't look at me. <laughs> don't think about me. You guys stay over there. The audience just go on his half. Your 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 congregation is making heat. Can you? <laughs> I can feel the heat. Just, no, leave me alone. I see the vocalist being like, "Oh, you ever to come up to the front?" You just grab the mic and you're like, "No, please don't. Please go back." <laughs> it's very hot. <laughs> we don't want you up here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I f- those Fuck, guys, I fucked my mic up. Sorry. The, the good there thing. I think the the neat thing about about them though is mm-hmm. that their their work ethic. Oh, band, you know? the working band till the end. Yeah, like yeah. that's most. I don't know another band who has put that much work in to not get anywhere, but just keep going. Yeah, most people break eventually. Yeah, well, it's twenty two years. Man, that's a long. I the one that always comes to mind for me is Plea for Purging, because mm. those dudes had like a fair amount of success. They were an upper middle level band, and I'd say in the in the metal scale, because pop scale is way different. <laughs> but <laughs> it sure in, is. <laughs> in metal scale, they were middle. They they were touring the. They've toured the world a couple times, yeah. and yeah. they were doing big United States stuff, and and they were just like we can't fiscally do this anymore and we're tired and we're sick of trying <laughs> and it's like yeah. dude i get it i think <laughs> like, that's how bleeding through got yeah we put like, their back so nope, it's fine no nope. but they're yeah. only doing they're not touring they're not doing big oh tours. wow really no they're just doing why don't they just hop on with the vinge sevenfold because they're all buddies because they have jobs now if you hop on with the vinge sevenfold you're covered i would assume for three months yeah Hey man, sometimes you gotta you gotta roll the dice. They did. 
They did it. <laughs> and they, they failed. Did it. They, did it. they didn't fail. Yeah. They didn't. I don't. I don't think they failed at all. They just. It's some bands. Some some genres have a tendency more than others. Yeah. To to you have to you you either have to stay out eleven months of the year. Yep. And come back home and have nothing, mm-hmm. or only go out two months a year and come back home and have all the things. So it's that it's, sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds way better, right? Right? Yeah. Brandon, I guess it. Brandon, Brandon or Brandon? I think it's Brandon. Shipati. It's an Italian name. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, the singer. Sorry if I'm butchering your name, man. Uh, but the singer from Bleeding Through. He owns mm-hmm. a gym. That's what he does. That makes sense. He teaches people how to work out. Aren't they and, from Jersey? No, they're from Orange County. <clears throat> Close enough. <laughs> same, same aesthetic. Yeah, the, <laughs> just, uh, the, the wormhole connects. No, no, I don't mean like. You know I, mean? I don't mean like, like physically close. <laughs> I just mean like, if you see the bro dude in Jersey, you go, yeah. If you see the bro dude in Orange <laughs> County, and you go, yeah. <laughs> like it makes sense. The bro dude doesn't live in Oregon. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like the dark side of the moon. You were like, <laughs> like I was in Orange County. Yeah. But now I'm in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> it's real similar. <laughs> There's still Italian people. <laughs> their hair's a little different. And their hair's real, real gluey. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the only way to describe it. But they're still Italian. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeah, I, you know, the the interesting that when we were talking about the difference between DD and joey yeah you know joey scott and joey had some issues yeah and the one thing you know one thing that i think is so endearing about joey is that he just kept fucking plowing you know what i mean he was just like i'm not like where he'd be like yeah this sucks real bad but you know like i'm gonna smile on my face yeah let's keep going going. yeah keep going on to the next show (laughs) i and that's that's one of the things that i think is Probably when I talk about something so uniquely American, that's part of it. The the work ethic. Yeah, the, the blue the collar. Sort of, the blue collar sort of, uh, that didn't work out. Uh, we, nope, we're gonna we're not stopping. Okay, we're going to keep going. Yeah, well, we're, okay, here we go. We're going to keep going. I'm going to put this brick on the gas pedal and I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. We're going to hope everything works out. <laughs> I th- and it's it, it's neat because when you uh, they fucking titled the album Rocket to Russia. I mean, this was also you know, during the Cold War, so this there's a lot of I there's a lot of you know carry over I, there. The, the, I mean, it's so fucking interesting sometimes with them the 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 swing of lyrical content. They, the, yeah, the, and the the unique thing about it is that they're not they're they're not arti- they're articulate. Okay. They yeah. are absolutely articulate. However, they are not needlessly complex with their articulation. Oh, uh, no. One line. It doesn't get more simple than yeah, the remote. Yeah. Like, one, one line has so much fucking punch to the gut. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, it, yeah. When it, when you, when it, like, Lock It Love, that's one of my favorite songs mm-hmm. off of Rocket to Russia. Never, never can tell how hard you fell. Lovely, lovely, Lock It Love. Uh, or lovely, lovely locket, cause the best poison of. Yeah, you know what I mean. That yeah. was a uh. That's good. That makes you stop and go. What? That song also the intro to that song sounds suspiciously like Blitzkrieg Bop. What the riff, the, the opening riff in Locket Love, sounds suspiciously do, like Blitzkrieg Bop. Do, 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 do. Uh, it's not an A. 
I don't think no, it is. No, but like just I heard it and I was like cuz I was listening to it on YouTube because right. I don't I don't own this album. Uh, I was listening to it on YouTube and I was like did it skip albums to Blitzkrieg Bop? Like I stopped and like, <laughs> Oh no, same album. Okay, we're good. Yeah. That's all Ramones albums. Blitzkrieg Bop is the that's I mean, album. I'm just saying, as an outsider looking in, <laughs> yeah. it all sounds the same. Mm. And this is coming from the Dragon Force fan. Uh, that's what frustrates me, because it doesn't. The songwriting no, is... I mean, I know it it's, doesn't. It's varied. It's extremely yeah. varied. It is. It's just, when you're not... Out- especially on his album. When you're an outsider looking in, like... I can see why people would be like, well, it all sounds the same. Like, yeah. It's all just power chords and very similar tempos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very upbeat. Yeah, and- yeah. yeah, I get it, but there's there's dynamics in Absolutely. the songwriting. Absolutely. You know, Tommy, Tommy closed hi-hat, open hi-hat, ride cymbal. Mm-hmm. It's very specific when there's he's doing that stuff. There's a lot of closed hi-hat. There is. Drives me insane. Yeah. I hate closed hi-hat. I um, never use closed hi-hat. I mean, I'm okay with it. The only time I ever closed my hi-hat when I was playing drums was if it was accent stuff on a hi-hat where I needed to open it for the accent. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It create it creates different textures. It's a very punk thing to do. Yeah. Just a... Yeah. Just three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, minute and a half. Yeah, minute. Yeah. <laughs> I actually wrote that ironically on Lock It Love as a note, which is why are all these songs so short? <laughs> that's like the one of the notes I just noticed about that point of the that's, album. That's a good song. That's a really, really good song. Yeah. I think Rockaway Beach, Lock It Love, Why Is It Always This Way, I Can't Give You Anything, Teenage but I'd like the whole album. Yeah, I know. I know, buddy. <laughs> they're, they're, it's okay. They're, they're, just the fact that there's fucking there's points in the album where there's the the ooh and the ahs and the background vocals mm-hmm. and there's fucking sleigh bells at one point. See the know, like, the background and, female vocals and I don't care were incredibly off putting to me. I don't think that's female vocals. Whatever it is, it's a higher voice. It's just, I think it's that's just very quietly in the background, like it's in a different room, like. Ah! And oh yeah, like, the fuck! I don't care. He don't care. Yeah, yeah. I don't care. Also, yeah, that's Dee Dee. Had this song not been called "I Don't Care," I would have had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's like <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't Donut care. Car? I don't care about these words. I don't, I don't care, care about, about that girl. girl. Yeah. yeah, heavy. I don't. Care. Yeah. And what that does, what the repeating of that does, yeah, is that from a, it drives the point home that he, you're saying you don't care, yeah, but generally when you say it that many times, you care, you you probably care, you probably care an awful lot, and that's <laughs> yeah. and that's that's what makes Joey's songwriting so endearing because mm-hmm. there is a he pulls out this sympathy, yeah, from from what he's doing and it makes you go, huh. You only stress about things you care about, man. <laughs> I don't care. <sighs> Joey. Are you okay? Are you okay? Do you need a hug, buddy? Yeah, it's his back. And then, and then once you dig into the band, mm-hmm. you dig into the band and then you find out Linda, who was with Joey, yeah. goes, I like Johnny. <sighs> and then Johnny goes, that's cool. I Let's oh. do it. And guess what? Yeah, that probably didn't go well. And then we get a song like the KKK took my baby away. 
or and Johnny and Joey just not speaking to each other on tour for years. <laughs> that happens as Being well. Being <laughs> in the same van and not speaking to each. I mean, they talk to each other. <sighs> they, I mean, they talk to each other. It was, it wasn't like literally stoic silence for, you know, fifteen years or just, whatever. Just, it I can't was. hear you. La 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 la. But but they really did not want to be around each other. Yeah. And I think I asked CJ when mm-hmm. when I interviewed CJ, I asked him, I said, Do you think had had Joey been alive, would there ever came a point where Johnny and Joey would have been able to work it out? And CJ, mm-hmm. no. With with oh no my God. With, with no hesitation. With no hesitation. I'm like, Jesus. I've never you know been I mean? so mad at a person that I would not be willing to work it out. It's- like I can't under I don't I don't have that in me. I, you, like, you, I, but when you look at Joey's songwriting, man, look at it. Fucking look at look. I don't care. Uh, here today, gone tomorrow. Those yeah. two songs alone. Now you know, has, that that paints the picture of how Joey sees himself as it relates to the matters of the heart. Has and the love. lady swap already happened at no, this point? No, it was okay. a couple years after this. Okay, okay. I think it would have been... Um, 80? 79? Whatever the album prior to the album with KKK took my baby away. Uh, you're, again, asking the wrong person. Where, where would that be at? It's somewhere in the vicinity of Too Tough to Die. <laughs> Apt title. Uh Somewhere in that vicinity. Did I write it? I gotta think. What well, what album is KKK took my baby away? No, it's on Pleasant Dreams. It's okay. on it's on Pleasant Dreams. So yeah, yeah, that would have been what it would have happened. So okay. it was after end of the century, after the Phil Spector album. Okay, cool. There you go. There you go. You wrote it down. Forgot. I did. It's hard. Yeah, I got a lot. You got a lot of notes there. I today. got a lot of cylinders firing. Yeah, you got a lot of all, notes there today. Anyway, anyway, I. You know the the dude, like I said, that darkness that comes out in all of the Ramones catalog. Fucking, I can't give you anything. You better know what you want from me. You know how little I got. Yeah, that's. I heard that, and I was like, "Is that a? Are they? Are we talking metaphorically here, or are we just really frustrated about the fact that we don't have any money? Both. Like, yeah, probably. I think it's probably. Yeah, both. probably both. I think. Why is it always this way? Um. I, I always think of, there's a line in there. I wrote this down because I wanted to bring it up to you. Yeah. There's a line in Why Is It Always This Way? Last time I saw her live, she was waving, waving bye-bye. She was contemplating suicide. Now she's lying in a bottle of formaldehyde. I know, I just don't know. I can't let her go. Bye-bye. Yeah. Was that the right song? I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I get everything mixed up. Anyway. Uh, like a lyric like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just D. De- I I that song is credited to all of them, but yeah. I think that is a DD lyric because I mean, that D-D- sounds pretty dark. D- so. DD's dark side comes through way more than what Joey's does. Yeah, it's a um, there is a menacing quality to DD's yeah. writing sometimes, where Joey's has this sort of like morose sort of hopelessness. It's Joey so. seems sad and DD seems angry. Yeah. 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 And you'll hear, you know, you talk to anybody about Didi and you can, there was two sides to Didi. You know, he could be this gentle sort of, you know, everybody's friend sort of guy. And then yeah. just this wrecking ball of, ah, 
Did Didi ever get clean before he passed? No. Oh, is that why Didi passed years, years later? I think so. What year did he pass? Do you know? Um, it was into the 2000s. Oh, wow. He made it longer than I thought he would. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was into the 2000s. I can't remember when, but uh, I don't know. I have to look it up, but I don't want to look it up because I don't like thinking about Dee Dee dying. It's because it just fucking bums me out. Really, really bums me yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, they're all super duper gone sad. now, unfortunately. Yeah, they are. The original lineup. Did you like the covers <clears throat> on here? Do you want to dance? Oh, uh, and Surfing Birds on Say here Surfing too, Bird right? was pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know who did that originally, but I heard that and I was like, is that a Ramon song? That's not a Ramon song. This is a cover. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, for yeah. a second, I thought, all this time, was that a Ramon song? And I just didn't realize it. Right. I, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, that's that's my favorite part of the song, the, yeah. the middle section. The, I just think it's neat when you listen to him do it live, like it just does it the same way. Yeah, it's just funny to listen to Joey scat for a moment. Yeah, man. When you're in bands, you always I always wanted to have that cover song that gets everybody super hype, or like that cover song that gets you a whole lot of respect. Right. Because, but like, man. I can, you can. It's so hard to find the right one, and like that one, I bet people freaked out for that just because it's fun. Oh yeah, I bet the lo- fucking, audience just fucking lost every time is, they played that. It is two chords. Yeah, <laughs> but I bet the audience freaked out. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, when you listen to when you listen to it's alive. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that always jumps out at me that 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 crowd like they're oh, they're in it. There is in a an electric charged feeling yeah. that's happening you well, can hear it on the recording we were watching it earlier and everyone like when it started everybody was standing at the rail like watching and then like a couple songs in there are people like with one leg over the rail <laughs> because they are getting pushed forward so right. hard they're having to right. hop the rail yeah yeah i think it it's that in my opinion, like like I said earlier, I think this is the zenith point of of the Ramones. Everything lined up, and and they were, let's say let let's say if just the Ramones ceased to exist at the end yeah. of the, at the end of this tour, uh-huh. everybody would have been fucking whatevs. This was amazing. Yeah, they they reached the top of the mountain. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it, it's. And you can hear it on that recording that that it's a live album. It sounds when good, it, even yeah. in '77. Yeah, when, it, when they're it, on it. When yes, yeah. yes. I I was talking to somebody the other night, and I just I was just like, they are on fire. They are they are firing on all four cylinders. They are absolutely in amazing shape. Yep, absolutely amazing shape. And it's just rapid fire. It reminds me it, one right after another. I don't, I don't know if it's just aesthetically it reminds me of it, but like the tightness is even how much I would I would compare it to like Killers era Maiden, like the how just tight everything. Oh is. yeah, 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 like, yeah. They're they're so stinking well rehearsed. Yeah, the show it's goes just off. In, it's so smooth. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like gears turning. That's the neat the. What I what I really really like about that era of the band, even though I don't necessarily think Tommy as the best drummer no, that the Ramones no. had, I think I think Marky 
Marky is technically proficient and fast. Yeah. And yeah. I would say that about Richie, too, but I think Marky got real fucking good at it. That stuff you were yeah. showing me a bit ago yeah. was it's real fast. Like, his... It was Marky, wasn't it? They showed mm-hmm. me that. that. His right hand is basically blasting. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. blast beats on the hi-hat yeah. to, be, yep. to be going that fast. Yep. yep. Yeah, Marky got... Oh, he's so amazing. Yeah. When it comes to his speed, it's absolutely incredible. But, uh, what I think is really neat about this specific lineup of the band is that, obviously, Johnny got that buzzsaw thing down. Yeah. To, he's good. Yeah. And Dee Dee's songwriting is firing all four cylinders, and he's the most entertaining to watch on stage. Absolutely, yeah. Joey, Joey's crooning was at a point where he was really sticking to how the songs were done on the album and making it work that way. And But Tommy, Tommy may not be as fast as Marky, but Tommy's playing, I find something really sort of, I have, I have a sort of an affection for, for Tommy just as an entity within the band. Hmm. And I think a lot of it has to do with not only his playing, but what I know about him as he functioned within the band. Yeah. Tommy was the first guy that they really ran off. Yeah. You know, where Tommy was like, I can't no, deal. No, Dee yeah. Dee and Joey and Joe, they're too much. You know, and if you could imagine, imagine living with Dee Dee. Oh. You know, a, a drug addict, bipolar, yeah. self-medicated, you know, the, your worst enemy at the, you know, just on a, at a moment's notice yeah. for seemingly <clears throat> no reason. Joey, obsessive compulsive disorder, this ultra creative sort of type that's yeah. got this weird quirky personality. And Johnny Ramone, like I've compared Johnny. Imagine me on a bad day, mm-hmm. mad about people having too much emotion around me. <laughs> that's Johnny. Ugh. You know, that that is Johnny all the fucking time. And and Tommy, who was the quote unquote the most normal. Yeah, yeah. And they they burnt Tommy out in like a three year period of time. Did he have any any shit that he was dealing with, or was he literally just like pretty normal? Tommy is super high functioning. Yeah. <laughs> super high functioning. Hmm. You know, him and Monty, the the Ramones um tour manager. Yeah. Uh, they had a rehearsal studio that they built mm-hmm. and rented out to people. And, you know, Tommy's learned about sound engineering and oh, wow. knows how to write songs and play different instruments and things like that. Hmm. And Tommy, the band wouldn't have gotten off the ground had Tommy not been there. And you can see that the sort of, the, the interesting thing about Rocket to Russia is that you have a lot of DD rights, you have a lot of Joey rights, and you have a lot of all band co-rights. Yeah along with it but tommy is the sort of x factor that was able to hold it together yeah long enough to get to the point of rocket to russia hmm. there's always that one that that's just the sane one that just keeps sort everyone of, yeah. kind of chill yeah, yeah there's yeah. yeah there's i mean yeah there's no other way to describe it that's what it's it's so interesting because like i said he was the first guy that they sort of ran off yeah because he threw his hands up and went i'm out yeah i can't i can't do this you know, where I've heard him say, I had a nervous breakdown and I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with them. So imagine being around Dee Dee 24 hours a day. I mean, there's, you know, that in, happens in, in that a state. lot of bands. I know. Somebody yeah. just goes, yeah. I can't deal with these fucks anymore. <laughs> like, 
But that's like when we were talking about how the legacy of the Ramones is way bigger than any of its individual moving yeah. parts. You can see uh, initially those first three albums, how much the 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 con the material on those albums played such a prominent role in the rest of their career. So, oh, yeah. Tom, and if if you think of Rock at the Russia as the sort of zenith mm-hmm. for that part of their career, I think now I really think Adios Amigos and the last tour tours yeah. that they did was the second zenith of their yeah. career, where everything lined up and they were they were getting the respect and the notoriety that I felt yeah. like they deserved. Same thing with Rock at the Russia. Yeah, but they, I mean that theater we saw off the rainbow on the on the live DVD is like. That theater is packed. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot yeah, of people there. Three, five thousand, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. I just this this album is so fucking interesting from just everything around it to the actual material on the album. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely incredible. Fucking, I want to be well. Ramona. Yeah, yeah, that was little good too. Ramona. Like that's like Billy Joe. From Green Day named his one of his kids Ramona. Yeah, you know it's it's just it's 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 fucking incredible. So is Sheena a real person? Because I was listening to that I don't know. song and it's like, yeah, that, I, this has to be a person. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe, maybe, Pro- probably. Yeah, you know, I could see, I could in in my head that makes sense. Joey, yeah, Joey probably would have written a song, you know, about somebody that. I mean, there's a lot of people coming and going in the punk rock scene around that time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I've never came across anybody actually. Yeah, just my only note on that. One of my few notes on that song was just, I bet there's a story here. Because, like, all a lot of their other lyrics are, you know, about things that happened to them. Yeah, good point. So, I'm assuming yeah. perhaps somewhere yeah, there was probably. a Sheena. Probably. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the tour for this was... You know, we should talk about It's Alive. Yeah. You know, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Because, I mean, the the tour for this was really interesting, too, because things are really, you know, yeah, picking, up, around, picking, yeah. up, picking up speed with them. That, um, I came across this. When you look at the It's Alive album, um, there's a lot of people, or there's sort of this misconception that they opened the show with Blitzkrieg Bop. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, yeah, I thought the same thing. They didn't. So why'd they put that first? I think it made a better opener for the DVD. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. What do they actually open with? Then? Rock, Rockaway Beach. Rock, Rockaway Yeah. It's, which yeah. is weird. Why well, you figured you would want to open with Blitzkrieg Bob? I don't think, I don't, personally, I wouldn't think that's your opener. That's your encore. Blitzkrieg Bob? Um, Blitzkrieg Bob's your Yeah, encore. I would open it. Usually Pinhead's what they close the show with or hmm. close the show before the, the, the encores. Yeah. They would close it. That makes head. sense. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's like when you, when you go to a show, especially what we generally refer to as quote unquote legacy acts, mm-hmm. the, 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 the old guard, if you will. Sure. When you go and see them, you're just waiting for that big single. Yeah. The one. Yeah. And then yeah. when it gets done yeah. and they get off stage and it didn't play it and you're just like, they're going to come back out and play it. <laughs> like, it's never a, well, they didn't play it? Oh, no. <laughs> well, no. Be no, but it's like, no, they're coming right back out. When <laughs> yeah. I saw Def Leppard, they didn't play Pour Some Sugar on me. And it's like, they're going to come back out. I'm like, I didn't hear Rock of Ages and I didn't hear Pour Some Sugar on me. And sure enough, <laughs> they come right back. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Love is like a bomb, baby. Come and get it on. 
Yeah. I don't like Def Leppard. That's like not for, true. I, I like, like Def Leppard. I like first four albums. Yeah. But nothing, absolutely nothing under any circumstances well, so ever, <laughs> even if I was on fire, do I like anything after There's, that. They don't play much more after those four albums. I know. Five. That's what's great about so, it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you guys, I think it's just funny when you go, you guys been around how many? 35? You wrote you've three not had good a, albums? You've not had a good song <laughs> since 88? Like, <laughs> you guys are dumb. You guys gotta kick it up a notch. Dev Leopard sucks. You guys need to talk to Bon Jovi and get on that in them country <laughs> songs. Yeah, I yeah they opened the show with uh, Rockaway Beach. Hey! We're the Ramones. This song's called Rockaway Beach. Take it, Dee Dee. What does Red Fox? That's such a punk rock thing to do. What? No intro, no nothing. Just walk out, plug in. Hey, this is who we are. One, two, three, four. <laughs> like, no, but that's not. That's their intro. I know. That I, is their intro. I know. It's just That's just such a punk rock thing to do. Because in metal, everything is so over the top. Yeah. You're going to have a big orchestrated intro, and the fucking lights come up. Well, and- as they got they got further into their career, they'd open the show with the good, bad, and the ugly. Oh, okay. That's, that'll work. Yeah. Yeah. No, that works. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Yeah, and then they play. Then they would play an instrumental called Durango '95. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, I just, I, it's, I don't know. Punk to me is so foreign. Like they come out and you see these live, especially. Well, I didn't think about it in the context of 1977, but like I see this DVD of this huge band that mm-hmm. we were watching, and it's like they're just standing there, and there's just amps, and there's there's no showman, there's no like show, there's no there are showmanship, but there's no stage part of the showmanship. I don't mean like I mean like there's no banners, there's no stage scrims. The gear isn't anything crazy. They had a banner. They got their own. They, they got have the, a banner. They got the seal okay. behind them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the, the presidential the, looking the presidential thing. presidential seal. Yeah. Like it's yeah. just, it's just, it's so bare bones compared to what I'm used to when you see yeah, a but big metal band. At that time, you got to think about it in the context of what was going on around that time. Yeah. Think of sticks. Yeah. And how fucking convoluted <sighs> and just, uh, how many unnecessary moving parts Sticks has, or Kansas, or Genesis, fronted by Peter Gabriel? See, I like all of the. I things know, you just I know said. you do, but you have to understand that it was a, it it was a, it was the the sort of. It's sling, the counter. It's the counterculture. It was, yeah, it was the yeah. slingshot back against that. Yeah, because you, up to that point, you weren't there. What what made punk rock viable, especially coming out of New York City mm-hmm. around that time, was what else was going on? It was yeah. just these Megalodon 70s arena rock bands coming through the garden yeah. and doing this fucking 10, 15-minute drum solo, fucking flute solo <clears throat> bullshit was that a, was that sort a of stuff. Was that a jab at Death, uh, and, Death Row Toll? And, and it, didn't, it didn't feel honest at a street level. I can see that, yeah, for and, sure. And the Ramones... 
were an answer to that. Yeah. You, ha- you have to think about, like, with, like, a, a dude like Hilly Crystal that owned and operated CBGB. Mm-hmm. When he has a dive bar in the Bowery with, with fucking drug addicts, vagrants, and bums coming and going shitting on the floor and and shooting up in there that sort of thing and then all of a sudden you plop a band that sounds that way but not used to that no one was doing that around that time and then hilly goes you know what we'll do a summer music festival for a week or two Mm -hmm. and the ramones will play a bunch and it's just it, it created a flashpoint yeah it was like when you like there's that when you see footage of fire Mm hmm how fire shifts and moves and it's almost like yeah. it's alive sometimes to where you can have a a room that's blazing and then the fire is gone and then yeah. boom ignites again it's that sort of thing to where there was a there was a fluidity there was a there was a living breathing presence to that music scene that was happening and you yeah. have you know the the Ramones will talk about a band called they'll talk about Iggy and the Stooges mm-hmm. they'll bring that band up fucking left and right mm-hmm. because that was the band that they all sort of synergized around where all four of them went yeah I like the Stooges yeah, yeah you know what I mean those and and you have a band like that you have little flashes of stuff like that happening elsewhere in the country mm-hmm. and as it relates specifically to the Stooges, who are a who are uniquely a Detroit band, yeah, or or the MC Five, the fury that the Stooges exploded with, yeah. onto the music scene. No one was doing what the Stooges were doing. No one, no one sounded like them. The closest we got to that sort of spirit that the Stooges had was David Bowie on a fucking bad day. And, and it wasn't it wasn't even close. Yeah. Wasn't even fucking close. Or the Velvet Underground is yeah. It's I, just I, I it sucks we're never gonna have I don't think we'll ever have that again. We will. I don't yes. I don't think we'll ever have that band that just comes out of nowhere anymore. Because no one ever comes out of nowhere anymore. Well no there's always the internet. Yeah, there's well yeah, I get what you're saying because there's yeah. someone has a there's a presence of them somewhere. Yeah, they're yeah. never just gonna be that that we play we play a couple shows in a city and that the city is just enthralled. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, happen anymore. I, I mean it it doesn't happen in that way, but it still yeah. happens. It doesn't happen in the in the sort of timetable that I'm talking about. Yeah. Man, but well you you have them, you know, the Stooges who are such a uniquely blue collar working class sort of band you got iggy pop fucking walking on people's hands smearing peanut butter all over how's that dude still going and the ramones couldn't make it fucking iggy pop have you seen iggy pop but the drugs and he's still he's still he's still trucking that's the thing you only got to wind him up once and he'll he'll go forever that's Mm. that's the thing with iggy pop it's just it's a unstoppable wall of just rock fury yeah it's just iggy pop that's that's what that's what it's about but or, you know the the Stooges. I and I would lump MC Five into there a little bit, but I don't think MC Five would be attractive to a guy like Johnny Ramone, no. who has these sort of conservative tendencies. Even though in his youth, around that time, he did get into some shit and he was yeah. doing some bad stuff. But the Stooges became a flashpoint for those four guys, where they mm-hmm. all went, "Yeah, we like the Stooges. Can we do that?" And then. And then they did that, you know, and then yeah. they they did do that, you know, and that's what it was. It was a backlash against I. To, in my opinion, in my opinion, there was a sense of dishonesty that that crowd of people that really sort of 
bloomed and blossomed and were sort of uh, stratified around the Ramones. Mm-hmm. Whether it was like a like a writer like Legs Legs McNeil, mm-hmm. or even like the other bands, Talking Heads, Blondie, Richard Hell, and the Voidoids, Patti Smith, and Television. All those bands that were coming up. I think that what they were doing, they sensed a kind of honesty that was happening in that music scene that were not the Ramones had a gimmick absolutely yeah. but the gimmick felt honest they they were doing things in a way that felt plain language that everyone could understand yeah. they were articulating themselves in a way that no one had heard a band like that do that sort of thing the Ramones sounded like no one else and you yeah. have to look at it in that sort of scope and through that lens during that timetable no one was doing what the ramones were doing and that is what caused it to 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 go supernova yeah Yeah. it went supernova in the sense that the unfortunate thing is that that energy that that energy had a whole lot of creative and it was a force of nature that that energy that emanated from the ramones Mm -hmm. the shitty thing about the ramones is that it did not propel them yeah it propelled greater punk rock so, and that's when I think when you talk about Ramones not having reached sort of commercial viability and commercial success, yeah. what I think is unfortunate is that Joey's not alive to go, oh. Oh, we made it. We did make it. Yeah. Just not. To in be the, fair. Just not, he, just not in the way that we were expecting. When Joey passed, there he probably already knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, he, um, Joey became really good friends, uh, got really friendly with fucking you too yeah bono john johnny be eddie vetter became like a little johnny ramon student yeah johnny gave eddie vetter his moss right really yeah he says you can have it here you go you know and even joey's like fucking pearl jam yeah. they're incredible and to have those bands sort of singing their praises that sort of thing i think it was just starting to happen at the very tail end of 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 their lifespan as, yeah. a, as a band yeah and i'm sure joey did get to experience that but imagine it now yeah to with, where to where you can have as shitty of an entity as rolling stone is praising the shit out of the yeah, they're rolling stones someone writing an article for rolling stone really sort of <clears throat> reminiscing and reflecting on how important the Ramones were. Yeah. And I think that's why when we talk about an album like Rocket the Russian and It's Alive, in my opinion, It's Alive is the most important live rock and roll album ever made. I can't tell you you're wrong. So I can't even argue that one. And that, that's coming from a Kiss fan and the clout yeah. that comes with Kiss Alive 1. Yeah. Or, or Iron Maiden uh, Live After Death. Mm, that one's good you know what i mean or fucking frampton comes alive as different of a genre as yeah but that's still a huge fucking album yeah it's a huge album yeah this this album it's alive hands down there there is no album in a live sense that can compete with the importance of documenting that unique that that such it's such a unique thing that happened around the ramones and it's one of those things where like like i said the energy propelled greater punk rock for decades yeah and and the the like even me as a person the energy that i feel that emanates from that album and Mm -hmm. that band with me 
it's 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 one of those things where like it's one of those things that ignited you know inside me as just as an individual to just yeah clamor for every bit of piece of music that i could get my hands on that album is one of those albums Mm -hmm. you know it is and what what's interesting is that everybody tends to fixate on the first album because debut album blitzkrieg pop havana affair uh, uh today your love tomorrow the world the it's got all those important songs on it but the what people don't talk about is that the Ramones, you weren't. The Ramones did not get captured correctly in studio until well into their career. Yeah, well into their into their career because realistically, Rocket to Russia still does not sound like what the Ramones did live. Hmm. There's there's yeah, a yeah, it's a little it's a little there's there's a vast difference between yeah. what Rocket to Russia is and what the Ramones were. It's it's almost a little like trying to think of a real good word for it it's it's declawed almost it's yeah not, it's and, not as raw yeah yeah as, and that might have been that's i think that's kind of what they were going for they were like yeah. okay come on, we gotta we gotta get something on the radio so yeah. let's do what we need to do so and it makes sense in that regard yeah totally sure. makes sense to me but that still rocket to russia does not truly sound like the ramones no it doesn't it's alive that is what the ramones sound like yeah that is them just no no window dressing that is yeah. literally the ramones that's what they are as an entity that's why i think the album is so important because like similar to kiss kiss could not be captured correctly in studio you know f- for the original run of the band it's alive is what kiss sounds like mm-hmm. destroyer doesn't sound like kiss no they they can't do that live no alive is what kiss sounds like you yeah. know so the same thing it's the same thing with the ramones that's why this album is so fucking important <sighs> there you go take a take a breath buddy i've had that bottled up for a while you went you went you just you just went yeah anyway yeah do you want to talk about the nazi stuff i do do you i need to know you need, you need, I need to, know? to know okay all right so uh blitzkrieg bob yeah blitzkrieg, blitzkrieg. yeah <laughs> there it is uh tommy wrote uh, I've heard ninety percent of the song. Dd Dd picked the name. Yeah. Um, and there's a tweak of a line. Um, shoot him in the back. I think was Dd. Yeah. His tweak of the line. Um, and then today, uh, today your love, tomorrow the world. Mm-hmm. That's the next big one. Okay. Did you pay attention to any of the lyrics? Mm, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. All right, so before we get too deep into this, into this, I just like I said at the top of the show, I'm not saying that Didi was a Nazi. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. There's there's a difference between being fascinated with world events and having a feeling like you have some sort of connection to it because Didi born in Berlin. Yeah, he wrote a he wrote a song later uh, that's on the Ramones' last <clears throat> album, Adios Amigos, called "Born to Die in Berlin." You know. It's, 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 he's interesting. Yeah. He's extremely interesting. And I think he felt some sort of a connection to that, good or bad. I don't know. I don't think he didn't have the same mindset. Yeah. Never, never once has Joe, has DD struck me as being anti Semitic or, or just hateful, blatantly hateful, that sort of thing. So I want to get that out there. However, you can't deny Mm -hmm. that there it comes up. How did this tie into Nazis? being involved all right so today your love tomorrow the world well i'm a shock trooper 
uh, in a stupor. Well. Yes, I am. I'm a Nazi Shotzi. You know, I'll fight for the fatherland. Well, I'm a shock trooper in a stupor. Yes, I am. I'm a Nazi Shotzi. You know, I'll fight for the fatherland. Little German boy being pushed around. Little German boy in a German town. Fair. Okay. Uh, Commando off of Leave Home. I think it's on Leave Home. Yes, it is on Leave Home. I think it's second... I think it's on the second side of Leave Home. I can't think of it. But anyway, uh, the dude, they do their best. They do what they can to get them ready for Vietnam from Old Hanoi to East Berlin. Commando involved again. First rule is <laughs> the laws of Germany. Second rule is be nice to mommy. Third rule is don't talk to commies. Which, that's my favorite. Yeah. Uh, fourth rule is eat kosher salamis. Okay. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Yeah, no, that's it, good. Yeah, it makes me laugh. Um, those are the those are the two times that it or the three times that it sort of comes up. Yeah. yeah. So Dee Dee had has a lot to do with that sort yeah, of stuff. And yeah. that's what's so interesting about Dee Dee's songwriting because it's way more varied than what Joey's is. Mm-hmm. Dee Dee, if you're talking about love, most of the time it's Joey. If you're talking about everything else, <laughs> most of the time it's Dee Dee. Gotcha. That's that's what's so interesting about it. But you also have songs like Havana Affair off the first album, P.T. Boat on the way to Havana. I used to make a living picking a banana. Uh, now I'm a guide for the CIA. Hooray for the USA. Baby, 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 loco. Baby, baby, mambo. Uh, sent a spy on the Cuban talent show. First step, Havana, go, go. I used to make a living picking a banana now. You know, the, huh. it's 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 interesting because Dee Dee will he'll write about war. Yeah. Every now and what he was talking about was the fucking Bay of Pigs. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what that is. I think it's Dee Dee's really, really interesting. Hmm. Extremely interesting. That's so drastically different than, than what you think they are. That and what other bands I know who write about historical events. Yeah. Like yeah, Civil War has a song called Bay of Pigs, and it does not sound like this. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Well, because everything with the Ramones, a lot of it lyrically comes with tongue-in-cheek. Oh, yeah, for it sure. It always comes in tongue-in-cheek. And if you could imagine it in snappy comebacks, yeah. that's what they're about. But at the same time, like high on from huffing glue. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but put together enough, not not high enough that you can't have a good retort <laughs> back, back at someone. And that's that's what's so fucking interesting about him. Is the you know, I I remember listening to Commando when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember go, is he fuck was it Did you just say <laughs> Or it's it not not Commando. Um uh, today your love, tomorrow the world. Yeah. I remember going. Is he saying he's a Nazi? Was it? He's not saying that. No, no, no. That's not what that is. Yeah, I'm gonna look at. He said it. Oh shit, he did say Nazi. He's talking about being a Nazi, and it's I'm a Nazi Shotzi. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and it's like, like clever word. Like, I'm like, what? And it's and it's more. It's. It's never, never, I've never once I've ever felt like it's coming from like a place of hate or anything. It's, it's, it's more like, it's like when you watch like that Three Stooges episode where they're making fun of Hitler. Yeah. You know, the Mo has, he's got all those medals. Yeah. I think it's Curly. Curly has all those medals. It sounds like that'd be Curly. Yeah. Off of his shirt because he's got so many of them. It's, it's very much like, 
they're talking about serious things, but they're doing it in a very juvenile way. Yes. So much yes. the fact that you, yeah. they can say whatever they want and you can't get mad yes. at it. Yes, and it creates that sort of childlike, yeah. sort of endearing, sort of wonderment thing that happens yeah. with them. I think that's that's part of the reason, in my opinion, why they've been able to, or that era of the band yeah. has been able to have a more timeless feeling to it yeah because i think the longer dd stayed in the band the more jaded he got because he was profoundly unhappy being in that band through through the 83 to to 89 or 88 whenever it when it was he that he left now you can watch footage of dd playing on those last tours before cj joined Mm -hmm. and you can go he's not having a good time yeah he's absolutely not having a good time uh, at some point, though, it's also your job. Yeah. So sometimes you just yeah. got to suck it up and do it. Yeah. 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 You That's get to, to get to that level that that is your job. Like, I, you know, I just, it's so fucking interesting. Sometimes it just it never ceases to amaze me how profound they are with with their how the simplicity. Yeah. They can say such profound things. With a childlike wonderment. Yes. So everyone goes, yes. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's, it's fucking, it's so nuts. Imagine. And as, as, and when like that sort of like politically, the, the PC politically correct movement really started picking up steam in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. nobody said a thing about Ramones. No, nobody yeah. said a thing about I'm a Nazi shots, shotsy. Yes, I am. And it's, ma- imagine if like for the fatherland, like Joey Ramone is saying that. Imagine it, if uh, Slayer said something along those oh lines. Oh God, it'd be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. It's well, Angel of Death. But you know, if they if it was that blatant, oh yeah, 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 I get it. But the thing is, you can pick up on the Ramone sense of humor. Yeah, and that's like I said, it's part of the reason why they remain so timeless. Yeah, you talk about Nazi shots, and then. In, the same breath you mentioned kosher salami <laughs> right it's hard yeah. uh it's hard it reminds me of that that scene in fucking transformers the animated movie we're mm. talking about uh, it's the dinosaur the dinobots and their selenium sel- selenium salami and they're talking about okay. space deli meat <laughs> and it's just like what? it's so stupid and childish that it's like Bellinium bologna and silesium salami. It's just some stupid, like it's just almost verbatim that (laughs) just this super childish. It's just what you can tell that the writers were like nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm. Jesus Christ, your notes just keep going. I was doing set list comparisons. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was doing set list comparisons. Gotcha, gotcha. The, uh, the It's Alive um, is cut directly from the tape. Yeah, they, yeah. They didn't alter it the set list. It sounds real good. Yeah, they didn't alter the set list or anything, and I was curious about it because I was wondering if there was any point where they kind of fiddled with the order of the songs, mm-hmm. maybe to get it to fit on Yeah, like once, you know... We could do one more song on this side, but you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it hasn't been fiddled with. Good. Because I think somebody went, but I'm not messing with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, on the, the video we watched, they put Blitzkrieg Pop first, and they yeah. did not open with Blitzkrieg Pop. Yeah. So yeah. they fucked well, with it at some I think, point. I think, I 
I think that um, there's a it's like a it's like an anthology DVD sort of thing with yeah. with just footage from a bunch of shows. Yeah, yeah. It's a DVD they released posthumously after people had died. Um, here's a bunch of footage. Yeah. Um, and the the rainbow in London, the venue that they recorded the It's Alive album mm-hmm. at that show. I think. I, th- I think I remember seeing something at some point, but I can't. I couldn't find anything about it, but a bunch of the footage did not survive. Ooh. So that's what was usable. Yeah. So that's, that's a bummer. That's what got put on the DVD. That's a bummer. Do not quote me on that though. Um, the good thing about the good thing about living in the the age of technology, you know, where it started, you know, people started having cameras. Yeah. Means that shits get gets documented. Yeah, everything is documented so now. There, with as many people as were there that evening, there's yeah. a fair chance there's probably some other footage floating, floating around. around. And, yeah, you know what collectors do is they they locate that footage and they'll buy it for private collections, and then what they'll do is hang on to it, and then when a band says they'll start talking to major collectors within that band's collecting yeah. community and go, "We're working on a project. Do you have any footage? Do we you need got to know, the goods? Know about?" And then they go, "I do." I do. I've been waiting for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. How much are you going to give me? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how Bit it works. Bit of an extortion. That's yeah. uh, KISS, their KISSology, their DVD series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just talk to fans? <laughs> yeah. They, they, well, I, I'm they, sure they didn't. They had someone talk to fans. Usually, a lot of times, it's Tommy Thayer. Really? Yeah, Tommy hmm. Thayer will pick up the phone and go, hey, guy. Hey, so-and-so. I know yeah. you have a huge collection. I'm looking for something from this tour. What do you have? I got about 15 minutes. How much? 15,000. They, <laughs> they started doing out cash. Yeah, yeah. The internet, when it, as it specifically relates to Kiss, the interesting thing about those Kissology DVDs is that the, the footage that is mm-hmm. in the Kissology DVDs isn't as good as some of the footage floating around in bootleg circles. Really? <laughs> it's, it's That's low, funny. It's lower quality. Huh. Specifically, their 1979 Largo uh, show from the Dynasty Tour. Yeah. That's like, this looks like garbage. Like, and I like, I bought a better copy of this when I was a senior in high school on videotape. You know, it's it's interesting the way that kind of stuff works. So the neat thing, like I said, is that there were probably other people there with cameras. Oh, I'm sure. So the footage could come, could come. Could surface at some point. Or it could have been located now. Yeah. But they haven't had the means to release it. Hmm. That's crazy. It's like, forget what show it is. There's some doom show some band had back in the 90s in the middle of the fucking desert. Caius. And, and nobody, hardly anybody was there. It wasn't a big deal. And now it's like one of the biggest talked about shows Caius. in that genre. Yeah, I think it's Caius. Yeah, and it's like, why? Yeah, Caius, they fucking, they, they drive out the Joshua tree uh-huh. in the desert, eat mushrooms, and just play stoner. Stoner huh. rock all through the night. They'd set up a generator and just play. It's just And people started being like, What are those guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you guys going? Are you guys Well you got that cactus? Oh. <laughs> Can we come? Album? Yeah. Yeah. Doom metal? Desert? You lost me at desert. Yeah, Josh Homme Josh Homme is truly from the desert. You lost me at desert. <laughs> yeah. 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 You 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 lost me at Doom at Beer? Show, <laughs> desert, mm. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Mm. You, you lost me at air conditioning. Yeah. Is it indoors? Mm. Did you build a building? <laughs> no. Uh, no, thanks. Nope. Not going. Oh, thanks. Not doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Caius is a really interesting band. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. Band. They did things. So do you think Kiss is more interesting or the Ramones? Like internally? Yeah. Equal. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I don't collect Ramon stuff because it's not as neat to look at. On it's the not. It's just dudes in denim. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dudes I'm in a, denim and leather I'm jackets. I'm like, if like Johnny had some eyeliner, what? I might. What? What? <laughs> let me see. Every time you say Johnny. Ooh, let me see that poster. I keep thinking of Johnny C, our Johnny. Oh, right. And I'm right. like, why is Johnny an eyeliner? And <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah, Ram- the other one. Ramon. The Ramon. The Ramon. Johnny, wear some eyeliner. We Dude. could probably get him to do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I think he's singing again. I know. This got fucking frontman always have makeup on. You can't pigeonhole John. You can't. Yeah, he's he's just, he's I'm, got too much going on I'm, right now. You know what? I'm gonna do some karate. Starting a martial arts school or mm. helping someone start a martial arts school. Gonna lift some weights. I'm gonna do these. Uh, I'm gonna start printing T-shirts. Gonna be on music the light blood. I'm gonna start singing and down to this again. Right. It's just busy man. It's, I can't. Ah. I can't. I don't want to be that busy. Ah. He's like um. He's like a little bald Energizer bunny. Yeah. Just a little bald. Well, he's not little. Ang- well, he's short in stature, but he's... Well, he's, he's not short. Is he not? I always thought he looks short. He's not short. I've, I mean, I've no, never... John, Johnny John's lives like, on the East Coast. So John, never. <laughs> John's John's big. Is he big? Yeah, Is he he's big. big. He's mm. not quite... He's stout. He's broad. Yes, he's... Very strong. Yes, yeah. He's, he can just hold, just, hold, just hold you in his arms and rock you to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a he's, nice warm embrace. He's a little bit smaller than I am, just okay. a little bit shorter okay. than I am. I got okay. height on him. I think I'm the biggest of all four of us. Height wise, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I don't know how big your brother is either. He's shorter than me. Okay, I probably got six inches on him. Oh wow, really? Yeah, if I had to guess. Oh wow, okay, Maybe five six inches. I guess it's because of his of his very always angry face that I see. Oh yeah, I guess I just assumed I just angry big <laughs> i just i <laughs> right. just put the two together right. i well, guess he's, he's big he's got a big barrel chest yeah you know like i do mm. um he does all the fighting stuff yeah he's like, you with a big bamboo stick i don't want to do any of that glad you don't do martial arts wear his armor or it's clear that you don't want to do martial yeah arts. yeah you guys want to do some good <laughs> they're like get out <laughs> you got kicked out before you i got keep in. making the noises after the move was done too like it was so strong you have to let it finish it's so strong yeah, what is Dustin doing? Just let him go. He's cutting space in fabric. <laughs> He's cutting the space somebody in fabric. Somebody in another dimension just died. His karate chop is so powerful, he leaps dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> he got jacked up listening to the remotes, and he's punching the air. <laughs> Let's wrap this shit up. What are you doing, We're getting into martial arts. What are you arts. doing, Dustin? I'm punching a star. <laughs> I'm punching the <laughs> I'm punching the star for Joey Ramone. <laughs> I wish I could punch a star. Uh yeah, interesting episode. Interesting episode. I I'm, felt like it was just me. Yeah, I was just, I just kind of sat in the back seat on this one and was like, he can just go. Do your thing. Yeah. I'll occasionally bounce some shit off of you, but yeah. 
Yeah. I get wound up. I, I've definitely felt like I got preached at more than had a discussion with. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, it's part for the course. It happens sometimes. From time to it time. It happens. I yeah. don't do it all the time. No, not at all. And when it happens, I know just to be chill. There's two There's two sides to Dustin, much like there's two sides to DD Remote. Except one of you isn't a drug-riddled crazy person. I mean, unless there's, there's no drugs. Unless Ovaltine counts. Right, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of crazy. What if I just put Coke in your Ovaltine and mixed it up? Like, so you co- don't know. like cocaine? Yeah, like cocaine, yeah. If I just, just put it in there well, and then mix it up. Does cocaine have the same effect if you, if you eat it? I, I, I thought you had to snort it because it's got to get to your... I don't know. Well, if you eat it, it still hits your bloodstream. Just, I would assume. Just later. I Man, I don't... I don't. The thing Today about- I woke up and I did <laughs> 18 drugs. <laughs> Uh, this morning, when I got up, mm-hmm. I said, I will have four acids, one pot. One pot. Just one. And a cup of alcohol. I, would li- I won't leave my house <laughs> without at least four of the smacks. <laughs> At least. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll need four smacks just to get up in the morning. Yeah. Coffee and the smacks. It's funny because smacks put you down. It. I mean, I, uh, does yeah. it? I don't. It does. Yeah. I don't know shit about drugs. Yeah. It fucking waylays your ass out. I bet. I bet you just sleep. Have real <laughs> weird dreams. Nighty night. I don't. I mean, that, that part sounds great. Nom, Not the nom, drug nom. part. Opiates. <laughs> Opiates. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Here they go. Down into my belly. Down into my belly. <laughs> I'm on opiates. La, 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 that la. sounds just the worst. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Don't cut that out and put it in, put it somewhere. I'm not. <laughs> you don't don't use that as a sample. Yeah, no. I'm, straight, I'm, I'm very straight edge. Very. The, the most, in fact. Am I? Um, at your. Do, well, does, does John Carter, does he drink caffeine? Because I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. I does would assume. He? I mean, at. Our age, you being 10 years older than me, I don't know any still, like, fucking edge (laughs) guys at my age. Right. Like, there's kids that are still straight edge, but they don't, like, they don't sell it like you do. Yeah. And you still sell it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the day that I come home and uh, come home. Right. Come. Yeah, I live here. Yeah. This is my home now. Welcome. But I come to (laughs) to record and you have the X's on your hands and the black electrical tape. Nah, don't do that anymore. I'm just waiting. Yeah, I used to do magic marker X's. Yeah. I never. Back my hands. I was straight edge. I didn't do any of that, but I was fucking not about to do that stupid shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I. We should do a straight edge episode for sure, and then so people from the East Coast can come and murder us. General, general straight edge discussion. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I stuck with it. I, I mean, I, I walked through the inferno. I really like beer. It's just what it boils down to. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, my, I look at it. From we got to wrap this up, but oh yeah, I'll, like I'll, thirty I'll, minutes ago. I'll say this. I'll yeah. say this. Straight edge is how I should live my life. Gotcha. How you live yours, that's up to you. Just don't fucking touch me. <laughs> okay. Period. Yeah. You can swing your fist wherever you want as long as it doesn't hit my nose. I just remember the first time I w- we went out to eat together and I like was offering to pay for your food and I like ordered a beer mm-hmm. and then I also ordered another beer to give to you <laughs> and you were like, I don't 
I'm straight edge. I don't, I don't drink. Even remember and that. I was like, well, now I have these beers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's always awkward, too. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. you want a beer? No, I'm good. You sure? You want a bud? I don't drink. Yeah. People react the same way it every wasn't... time. Like, like they're all, the, like, like it's they're a, better than you. It's, it's all, <laughs> right. It, it's, a, it's almost like, Am I offending you by, yeah, by drinking? Exactly. Like, yeah. And I and every time I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I, I don't because care. Because I bought you a beer and I had yeah. a beer and then I had two beers and I was like, I don't want to drink one of these beers now because now I feel bad. <laughs> and now I have to. Like, these were expensive beers. <laughs> right. Right. These two beers were $16. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I'll have some we went, to that, we went to that burger joint on Mass Ave. Oh, Kuma's? No, not Kuma's. That's oh, Brew, on, Brew Burger that downtown. Is not on Mass Ave. Yeah, that's not on Mass Ave. Not even Ave. close. Yeah, Brew Burger downtown Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah they get good food. Yeah. Yeah, they got really Yeah, they I remember do. that. Yeah. I remember that. For I remember, sure. I remember that night. Yeah, it was a good time. It was. We should do that again. We should. We should go to Kilman's. Uh, yeah. Like, all like, the time. Like, now. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about things that no one out of Indiana knows. Yeah. Oh, Chicago. Uh, Anyway, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, it's like we need to go. We anyway, to go. anyway, uh, go listen to the Ramones. Yeah, there you go. It's the high water mark of that era of music. It is. <sighs> all right, we got everything else out of the way, right? Yeah, uh, and then some. Okay, there's nothing else. Yeah. All right, all right. So that's another episode of Music the Light Blood wrapping. Music the Light Blood, something old, something new. What are you listening to? We live or die. What keeps us going is this. I know.